Welcome to the Bethel Podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your day to spend time in God's Word. We hope that today's message blesses you and lifts you. Well, are you happy today? Do you have reason to be happy? If you know Jesus, you have lots of reason to be happy. Because I think that in this world that we live in, sometimes it's hard to find something to be happy about. But for those who know Jesus, you have reason to be happy. So smile real big today. Tell your neighbor you're glad to see him in God's house. Take, take your Bibles this morning. Go with me, and we're going to start to begin a series here about what the Bible says. There's some, there are some topics that we probably this summer need to go through. Some of them are kind of controversial, hot-button topics. We're going to hit those. Um, but I, I want to give you tell you why I begin to think about this particular idea. And the topic is what the Bible says about uh, there's a, a, a guy that uh, is kind of the Christian bean counter, the Christian polling statistic, statistic guy for the church. His name is George Barna. And uh, my oldest son was came across it, and he was saying, asking me about him. And I said, "Well, he's a you know good one to look to because he usually asks us about, he tells us things about how the church is doing and things of that nature." And so he showed me the uh, a most a, a recent poll that came out, and it was very interesting. And it said that 65% of uh, boomers in the United States have a biblical worldview, and they give different criteria about what that means, but 65%, about two-thirds of the United States has a biblical worldview. Christians, 65% of Christians in the United States have a biblical worldview. As you go to the next generation, which would be Generation X, I believe it was 17%. And then as it got to the millennials, the younger generation, 4% of Christians have a biblical worldview. In that particular age. And so the question is, we've got a work to do. How do you get people to see the world through the perspective of the Bible and of the Scriptures? It's really simple. You just preach and teach the Scriptures to what the world has to say about the problems that we face. And so today I'd like to touch on the topic of transgender. Transgender. It's been a big, I mean, it's kind of been a hot button topic the last several years. It's come to the forefront. You've heard different things in the news about um, somebody who's biologically born a male and then he began to transition to a, a female and then he began to uh, run in, um, in NCAAs and, and there was some backlash from that. And, and then we got, then we forgot which bathroom to use. So we had to, somebody had to tell us which particular bathroom to use. But I, I want to say this because I want to give you a biblical perspective of what does God say about transgender. We're not going to beat anybody up today. We're not going to be sarcastic today. We just want to know what does God have to say about this issue that faces us today. If you have a friend, somebody that you can share this with that you'd like to, we do have a Bethel podcast. If you'll go to your Apple store and go to the Bethel podcast, it should pull it up. Welcome to share that. There's also a live stream you can do as well. But I encourage you to give this to your friends because I believe the world needs to know what God has to say about the topics that we face. Amen? 
Let's pray. Father, thank you again for the opportunity to come to praise, to worship, and to, to, to grow in the things of God. Father, there's a word out there that needs to know what you think, and you've called and commissioned the church to get it done. So I pray that you'll help us to know specifically and clearly what you have to say about the issues that we face in this day. And I know that you, don't, that you have such a, a clarity about it, and I pray that that clarity will help us to, to, to know the heart of God. So we love you for all of that today. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Let me define transgender for you if this is new to you. It, it basically includes transsexuality or cross-dressing, seeking gender identity development, physical identity through radical surgeries, surgeries and hormone treatment. More broadly, gender atypicality that includes a myriad of subculture expressions of self-selecting genders. It intersects with other independence movements, feminism, and homosexuality. In other words, a man may think that he is a woman, and so he begins to dress such. And they can go to the, even to further on down the road where the man literally begins to change the, the anatomy of his body through surgery. A woman can do the same thing. She may feel that she's a man. She seeks to, seeks to change and begins to dress like a man, begins to do surgeries that will make her more like a man. Some believe that genders today, that there are 60 to 80 different types of genders. If you'd like to, there's, a, there's a, uh, lots of research and things done on this particular topic. But the one thing that you know is if you've lived in the last two or three years is that this has really kind of invaded our culture in the United States today. <clears throat> Current president that we have right now was asked the question when he was running for office how many genders they were, and he said there's at least three. And that, that's really uh, eye-opening because you realize that that probably is the most, uh, the well, most prolific individual in the world today is the president of the United States and he says that there are at least three types of genders. There is a professor at Stanford University named Susan Stryker. She's kind of one of the foremost authorities on this particular topic. She is a man who is living as a woman, and her interest is in other women. She's considered the foremost authority. She wrote a book called Transgender History. just want to read to you a clip from this particular book. She says, because transgenders is a word that has come into, into widespread use only in the past couple of decades, its meaning is still under construction. I use it to refer to people who move away from the gender they were assigned at birth, people who cross over, trans, the boundaries constructed by their culture to define and contain the gender. Some people may move, may move away from their birth assigned gender because they feel strongly that they properly belong to another gender in which it would be better for them to live. In other words, I feel more comfortable as a different gender than the one that I was received biologically. Therefore, I become that particular person. I heard this uh, topic. I've been at church camp for the last two weeks. And the camp evangelist came and he, he, during the altar time stopped his service, and he testified. He said, I feel like I need to share this. And he said, when I was eight or nine, he said, I wondered if I was a girl. He's a, he's a male. He said, well, I wonder if I was a girl. He said, and then I kind of went on through that, and I realized I wasn't a girl, that God made me a boy, and that solved that problem. He said, but there may be some of you today because of things in our culture. He said that you may feel as if you, you, you've got been confused about who you are. And so he asked people, to, the young people to come. These are 7- to 12-year-olds. 
And there was a lady he asked to come, and if you were a girl and you felt like you identified as a boy to go to the girl, and then the other was to another man. There were six or seven girls that went and three or four boys that went. And that tells me that our young people today are confused because of what they're hearing in the news and in the world today. They're confused about who they are, about how God made them to be, about what their future holds and, and what tomorrow's going to look like. But understand this, God's not worried about this particular topic. He dealt with this many, many years ago, and, and I appreciate that camp evangelist for opening up and making this topic known to the church because I believe of all the places in the world when it comes to the topics that we face, the church ought to have a say-so on every single one. I believe we ought to be the expert and the foremost authority on what the topic of the day needs to be. My uh, other son, another reason that I chose this particular topic is he, when he was in fifth and sixth grade, which we call middle school, he goes to school and there's some girls that are in school that identify as cats. They're called furries. And they wear little cat tails and they wear little cat ears on their head and they hiss at the different students. It's just a small group of them. And um, of course, they, Colton, my youngest, he says, Dad, they just talk so ugly. I just can't believe how ugly they talk, but they identify as a cat. Now, there are laws today that are built around this particular topic. i give you just a couple. Grimm versus Gloucester County School Board in Virginia allows a man in Virginia to use the restroom where he feels the most comfortable, not based on his biology, but based on what he sees himself as. Senate Bill 132 in California, the governor gave those in prisons can move to a prison that they identify with. Male prisoners can be moved to a female prison they identify as a woman. So if that makes sense to you in long and short terms, if you're a male and you feel like that you identify as a woman, you feel more like a woman, you could, they can put you in a woman's, uh, woman's prison. The NCAA, the board said firmly and unequivocally reports the opportunity for transgender student athletes to compete in college sports. It's grounded in our values of inclusion and fair comp competition is what they say. So we see this, that even in, in, in our athletics, this topic has kind of become uh, a buzzword and a buzz topic. It's become mainstream, but the question is, is my, our, our goal today is not answer, ask, what does the world think about this? Our question we're going to ask is, what does God think about this? Got it. And what is God's remedy and God's solution to those that struggle in this particular area? I would never want anybody to think who struggles in this area that we are unkind or uncaring or don't empathize or sympathize with their feelings. But I can tell you this, that I, I believe that God has a word to say to those today, even those that struggle with it as well. Let me say, if you or someone you know struggles with this issue, the same Jesus who saved us from our sin can save anybody from their sin as well. The same Jesus who brought clarity to our confusion is the same Jesus that can bring clarity to their confusion as well. The same Jesus who came and died on Calvary's cross to break the power of all of hell and the devil is the same one who could come and bring clarity and, and victory for those who struggle in this particular, particular area. I want you to know this before we start. The answer is now and will always be Jesus Christ. Doesn't matter what the problem is, doesn't matter what the dilemma is, doesn't matter what the nation is, Jesus Christ is still the answer to the problem of mankind. Now, if I can take you back in the Bible to Deuteronomy chapter 22, Deuteronomy chapter 22, if you'll go there, I want to talk about Canaan, uh, which was the land that Israel was to, to um, God was giving Israel, was the land of Canaan back in the book of Exodus. Now, of course, many would think that, that 
Canaan was the people that were there that, that somehow God was being unkind because he removed those people to bring Israel into that land. But to understand that, that Canaan was a place that was a pagan land. They were a pagan people. They practiced different types of things. One of the practices that they made was that of dressing up their clothing other than the dress for that particular person. They, they weren't just good, hardworking people that God maliciously removed. They were people that were, were steeped and corrupted in sexual sin and homosexuality and murder and greed. They became so, 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 so vile that God had to remove them from the land to protect the land. So he brought Israel in to take their place. And it says this in Deuteronomy chapter 22. Let me go first. Anytime there's a land that has some kind of problem going on in, in that land, if we look at the behavior of the people, many times God uses nature to bring judgment upon a people. Does that make sense? So sometimes we think that when disasters happen, they just happen. Sometimes God's trying to get the attention of the people in that land, and the way that he does it is he uses nature to bring about a change. God would always rather give mercy than judgment. Always. His goal is always to bring people to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And he did it back then. He's doing it again today. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse number 5. It says, The woman shall not wear that which pertains to a man. Neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are abomination unto the Lord thy God. So right off the bat, you Christian, you're saying that God hates trans people. God does not hate trans people. He loves them. He loves them so much that he sent Jesus Christ to die for them just like he sent Jesus Christ to die for me. He loves them too much to leave them in their sin. He rose again so that they could be free from the things that bind them. And I want you to know this, that that's the beauty of Jesus Christ. Not as does he love us enough to give us a place in heaven. He loves enough to free us here today from those things that beset us. Romans chapter 6 verse number 1 says, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? My friend, there's a freedom that comes along with this thing called the Christian walk. There's a victory that comes along with this thing called the Christian walk. It's a wonderful thing to be free in Christ. And I don't know if there's anybody out there that's ever used to be bound, but now you're free. You used to be incarcerated, now you're liberated. Anybody know what I'm talking about today? It's more than just a ticket to heaven, my friends. It's a, a freedom and a freedom indeed that Jesus purchased for us. Transgenderism is an extension of homosexuality. And the problem is the world wants the homosexual to continue in their sin so that they can control them. But the difference is, is God wants everybody to be free because he said, He that the Son sets free, say it with me, is free indeed. Freedom is the whole crux of the Bible. Freedom is the crux of the story of the New Testament. Being free is not just something that a nation can give you or a law can give you. True freedom is something that Jesus gives to us. You can be in prison today and still be free. You can be in, a, in a, the hardest season of your life, my friend, and still be free. Let me read to you some scriptures here. Galatians chapter 5. For freedom, Christ has set us free. Stand firm and don't submit it again with the yoke of slavery. 2 Corinthians chapter 3. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. John chapter 8, 36. We quoted it. If the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. Verse 32. And you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Galatians 5, you are called to freedom. 
Do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Galatians 5 again, for freedom, Christ has set us free. Romans chapter 8, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ, for the law of the spirit of life has set you free from the law of sin and death. 1 Peter, live as people who are free, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Romans chapter 8 verse 21 says the creation itself will be set free from its bondage of corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. What are you saying, Brother Kerry? I'm saying the life that God's given to the Christian men and women and all those who will call upon his name is a life of freedom. And it's the most wonderful freedom that you'll ever obtain in this life. The world lies to the transgender. The news lies to the transgender and thinks that they're, by discovering themselves and who they are, they can be free. But they're not telling you that there's a price to pay with that kind of discovery. They say you'll find happiness when you cross over. You'll try, finally find happiness and purpose in your life, and they don't tell the whole story. Jesus doesn't offer you empty happiness. Jesus offers you joy, uh, unspeakable, and full of glory. I hear many saying in the back of my mind, you listen to me, preacher, I did that before I tried religion, and it didn't work. My friend, I'm talking to you not about religion. Religion doesn't work. I'm talking about a relationship with a living, alive God who sits on the throne. His name is Jesus Christ. He is alive and well today. If you go to his tomb, there are no bones because he's come to, to bring life and living to those who will call upon his name, no matter who that person may be. I was talking to the slush puppy guy. We got to talking about the Lord, and I just, he was working, and I was working on the ice cream machine at camp. He was working on the slush puppy machine. Just asked him, we were talking, I said, hey, by the way, do you know Jesus? He smiled real big. You can always tell when somebody doesn't know him because when you ask him that question, they smile real big. He started talking about his mother. He was from El Salvador. And his mother was, um, he said she was probably the meanest person in town. He said she, she was always looking for a fight. He said her reputation around town was that she was, who was she going to fight next? He said she didn't need any help. He said she went from zero to 60 just like that. He said she'd just assume hit you as she would look at you. He said, but she came over to the United States back in the, in the late 70s. And then there was an amnesty program. I'm, not, I'm just telling you what he told me in the 80s. And at some point, he went back to get his whole family. While she was here, she came to Christ. She found a relationship with Jesus that we're talking about. He said when she went back to our community to, to get us, he said, there was such a drastic change in her life. He said, and everybody in town knew it because now she had a smile on her face. Now she walked and she hugged people where she used to punch people. He said, everybody who used to walk away from her, she was running up to them. Do you know who Jesus is? Have you heard about Jesus? He said, and this was a, a community that was steeped in Catholicism, but the kind of Catholicism that really has nothing to do with Christianity. He said, so the people were, were, were knew that there was something different about her faith because all of a sudden the same woman who used to be one way was now another way. That's the life that Jesus Christ provides. And every one of you can tell the story of the same thing that happened to you. I used to be one way, but Jesus came into my life, and now I'm a different way. I used to be that person and that guy, and then Jesus came into my life, and now I'm changed. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? Got to make sure I know that I'm preaching to the right people. There's a drastic change that comes when a person becomes a born-again believer. And the slush puppy guy reminded me of that. Jesus makes a person the person you want to be. 
When you, in your mind, the person that you want to be, you think about that person, Jesus is the one that makes you that person. See, the world lies to the transgender. It tells them if you just become this person, then you'll be happy. If you make this change, then you'll be happy. If everybody will accept you as you are right now, then you'll be happy. My friend, it doesn't matter what happens in the world today. Nothing will make a person happy and truly joy-filled except Jesus Christ. I want to speak to somebody today. And maybe that's you. And maybe by almost a supernatural miracle, you're listening to this. And you know those feelings. And you hear what I'm saying, but you don't know what to do with those feelings. My friend, I promise you this. Jesus will take those feelings as well. And he'll turn them into something wonderful. So no matter who you are, because the price tag of transgenderism is, is, is just like the price tag of any other sin, whether it's being greedy, addicted to relationships, addicted to food, addicted to substance, addicted to jealousy or bad temper, the price tag for all those is always going to end up hurting people. But the price tag for Jesus is always leads to life. Many would say, why don't you Christians just shut up? Why don't you just let us be who we want to be? And the reason is, is because we care about you too much. We love you too much. See, we didn't come into this thing perfect. We didn't come into this world always put together. We came in broke. And we're just a broke person telling another broke person where to find healing. We're a beggar telling another beggar where to find food. We're a lost person telling another lost person where to find salvation. That's who we are. And please don't tell us to be, tell us to be quiet because we love you too much. We care about you too much. We want the freedom for you too much to be quiet and to be silenced. Hence this particular sermon today. Listen to this. The Mayo Clinic says this. There's a higher risk of STDs for those who are trans people. There's a higher risk of viral hepatitis in trans people. There's a higher risk of HIV in trans, trans people. There's a higher risk of substance abuse among trans people. There's a higher risk of depression, of anxiety, and suicidal thoughts among trans people. A study in 2015, 82% of trans people have suicidal thoughts. 40% of them actually commit suicide. 40% of one people group commit suicide because of a lifestyle choice that they thought that somebody told them would make them happy. So I want you to know this. We don't throw stones at you. We love you enough to care for you and tell you that there is a way. There's a hope that you can have. But it's not found in anybody else. It's not found in a government. It's not found in a party. It's not found in a person. It's found in a man, the man, Jesus Christ. Gender is very simple. Look at Genesis chapter 5. You don't have to have more than three. You don't have to have 40 to 60. You don't have to have 80 different types of genders. God made it very simple. Look at Genesis chapter 5, verse number 1, going back to the very beginning of time. This is the book of the generation of Adam. In the day that God created man in the likeness of God, he made him. He made them male and female. He created them and he blessed them. He called their name Adam in the, name, in the day that they were created. See, God made two genders, male and female. That's it. He made a man a man and a woman a woman. And it makes it a whole lot easier because it, it gets too, 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 too fuzzy if you go past that. And the Bible says that he blessed them. He put There's something about a man being a man and a woman being a man. There's a, there's a joy that comes with that and there's a blessing that comes with that. Bless the female gender. He blessed the female gender. And that's why trans people sometimes struggle with God. Listen, that's why they, that's why they have such a problem with God because they're telling God, God, I think you messed up. God, I think you made a mistake with me. 
And that's why there's such a struggle. But I'm telling you, my, if you're a trans person, I want you to know something. You can come to God just like you are. Let him change you. Let him transform you. Let him be the man or woman he called you to be when he made you in your mother's womb. And I hear the heart and I hear the, the thoughts of these people. I, I just, well, you know, but what about these feelings? What about this way that I feel, the things that happen to me? Many, many people who are struggling homosexuality or trans, they were at some point, many, not all, but some, many were, were sexually uh, abused when they were younger, sexually assaulted. And I like what this man said, this evangelist. He said the same thing. He testified about that. He also testified when he was a younger, a young, he was young, there was a teenage boy that had, had messed with, molested him. He said many times people who go through that, they end up being in, going into that lifestyle. And he said this, he said, being, being assaulted by somebody doesn't make you gay or lesbian, doesn't make you trans, it makes you hurt. And the healer is still the same person. His name is Jesus. And if you have those feelings, I would tell you, just bring those feelings to Jesus. And I hear their heart again. They say, but you don't understand. I'm so wore out. I don't know who to believe. I don't know who to trust. I don't know what to say. I just, I just, I just feel like so confused, and, and I'm just so wore out and so tired. Once again, can I quote to you the words of Jesus? Say it with me. Come unto me, all you that are weary and heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. He says, because I'm humble in heart, you'll find rest for your souls. Many people say this. If young boys and young girls who hear this teaching, and it's in different ways, different areas, you just have to be careful as parents because sometimes things that are cartoons that used to be cartoons are now promoting an agenda. So you have to be careful as parents. But there's confusion among young people today. In the studies, this is Leanne, this is what she does for a living she, in, the, in the area she works in. She says the studies say that most boys and girls who have had that thought, if they're just led in the right direction, if they're just told, no, you, you, God made you biologically a male or biologically a female, that's how God made you, if you'll just leave them alone, guide them in the right direction, they'll come to the terms that they are who God made them to be. But it's all this teaching out there, listen to me, all this philosophy out there, all this false doctrine that says that you can be whoever you want to be. If you're a boy and you feel like a girl, then you can be a girl. When we begin to teach that mess to boys and girls, seven, eight, nine-year-old boys, let me tell you, you want to know what child abuse is? That's it right there. Confusing a child about who they are. But I'll tell you this, the good news is, is that there is a God in heaven. and He's the one we sang about He's the one we pray to. He's the one we love. He's the one we've committed our life to. That same God loves not just me, but whosoever will. It doesn't matter what lot in life you're at. No matter what you're facing today, the God that loves us, who loves the trans, is the one who loves us enough to die on a cross for us, to pay a penalty for us, that one day we, we can be free and one day we could be in heaven. The tea that the sun sets free is free indeed. That you don't have to deliver us in our sins. You deliver us from our, son, our sins. Thank you for that, God. Thank you, God, that there's a hope in this world. Freedom doesn't come by becoming somebody different. Freedom comes by being somebody to Jesus Christ. Thank you for that. 
Thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that it challenges you to dig deeper into the Word of God and grow your faith. If you would like to reach out to us, please visit our website at www.mybethel.net. Thank you.